The Pursleys were going camping. The tent was packed. Got the sleeping bags and the pillows. Layers of clothes. Food and snacks. Waters in the cooler. Wood for the fire. Time to experience the great outdoors, to be one with nature, to see God's handiwork on full display. The boys were excited, got home from school, got them in their camping clothes. We loaded up the car, I kissed my boys, I kissed my wife Brooklyn, and I waved goodbye. Because the Pursleys were going camping, but I wasn't. See, I have a house with electricity and indoor plumbing, and these are things I like. So while Brooklyn and the boys went and met Miss Jen to have a great night camping, I got a night to myself, and it was tremendous. I slept like a baby, I watched sports and movies, I ate whatever I wanted and didn't once hear the word processed. It was phenomenal. I woke up and I felt like I was in heaven. I was a new man. Hours later, I saw Brooke and the boys and it didn't look like they'd slept a wink. But it was great for me. I loved it when the Pursleys went camping. Camping's just something that has never appealed to me. It just never has. I, I may be a little bit high maintenance. I like certain things. I like to be clean. I shower multiple times a day during the summer especially. I do not like to sweat. I do not like to be dirty. Uh, I, I, I like air conditioning. I also enjoy heat. I like the temperature between about 65 and 70 degrees, depending on the season. And so really, I mean, there's a six degree variance there, but outside of that, I can get very cranky. I like to, I like to eat food that is prepared in a kitchen or even better yet, prepared in somebody else's kitchen uh, that I can go and just pay for and, and then eat and not have to worry about doing dishes or anything else. And I don't have to put forth any effort. And so the appeal of hiking out to some remote area, hauling all your belongings that you need for the next couple days with you, and then sleeping on the ground in a non-climate controlled area, and if nature calls, finding a tree or digging a hole, that just has never appealed to me. And I know some of you are like, well, Brian, there's, there's campgrounds. And I would suggest, based on the ones that I have been to in my life, I would rather find a tree or dig a hole. But you do you. You know, it's fine. You do you, whatever, whatever you want to do. I enjoy warm showers, not cold showers. So camping's just, it's not my jam. And I know, I know a lot of people love it. Uh, Brooklyn and the boys, I presume Miss Jen, had a phenomenal time. Uh, when they went camping. But I had a great time staying home. It was great. This morning we're wrapping up life. And as we do it, we're going to look at something that we're all going to encounter. 
and that's death. But to take the edge off a little bit today, I decided, let's go camping together. And so we got our fire here, we got the tent, we're not all going to fit there. But what does every camping experience need? S'mores. And that's where we got you covered. So right now, you're going to get a little goodie bag, take and eat, and let's have some fun together. We are going to be looking at death, which nobody likes to talk about. So let's do that. And where we're going to be looking, you can follow along on your phones or your tablets on the Bible app, it'll be there on the screens for those of you that haven't downloaded that yet. We're going to be going to 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5, and we're going to launch into verse 1, and right before we do that, I just want to catch you up where we've been in life if you haven't been able to join us yet. The first week we saw that if we follow Jesus, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear in life. We have nothing to fear in death. The next week we saw that every person matters, that all life has value, and everyone matters because God is the author and the creator of life, and so everyone's important and everyone matters. From there we saw that we need to be careful of what our priorities are, and, and we, need to, we need to really, really guard what we, what we aim after, that we need to give that a lot of perspective. We saw that a lot of times in life we're going to go through times that are difficult and we're going to experience struggles, that, that not everything in life is going to go easily and that there are going to be times where we face hardships of many kinds. We also saw that throughout life we're going to experience success and how to respond and react when we experience seasons of success. And, and so that's... That's where we are here, and last week we looked and we saw that through every process of life, we have a lot to offer one another, and so we should learn from each other, and as we age, we should grow wiser, but we need each other, and we should learn from each other as we grow and as we develop, and this morning, as I already said, we're going to be looking at the final stage, the stage that is going to come to every single one of us, and that is death. And death is something that, because it's uncertain and because you only do it once, it's an unknown, and so there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of anxiousness that surrounds it, and yet we're all going to experience it. And some people, I would argue, never fully live because they're constantly fearful of the end, and they're constantly worried about death. And as we already saw when we started the series on life, we have nothing to worry about for those of us who follow Jesus. But let's today look at what's staring all of us down. In 2 Corinthians 5, we start in verse 1 where we read these words written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by the Apostle Paul. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed... For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed. Now, the Apostle Paul, we find out from Acts 20, he was actually a tent maker. That's one of the things that he did in his life. He made tents. And so he's using this parallel that he understands intimately because this is something that he did with his life. He made tents. And so he draws the parallel between our bodies and with tents. And he says, for we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed. Basically, he's saying, you're going to die. But he's taking the edge off a little bit, right? Because 
it's not necessarily the most friendliest thing to, to look somebody in the eyes and just be like, you're dead, I'm dead, we're all going to die. So he's like, let's draw a parallel here. Let's make this a little more palatable. And he says, the tent that is our earthly home, that is our bodies. That is our bodies. And the message is, we're going to die. If the tent that is our earthly bodies is destroyed, and oh, by the way, it's going to be. But it doesn't leave us there. And so we don't have to walk through life without hope. We don't have to walk through life with uncertainty. He keeps going. And he continues when he says this. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And he draws the parallel between our lives and our bodies, which is this tent and the part of our lives that will never die. And that is the immaterial aspect of our lives that draws our emotions, the part of our being that people cannot see, that is not confined in this body, the spirit and the soul and all the immaterial aspects that make up who we really are. And he contrasts that, the eternal aspect of every person that God creates with the temporal. And he says, your body, it's a tent. Your body is a tent and it's going to be destroyed. But don't lose heart and don't lose hope because the greatest part of you, the immaterial part of you, it is a house and it's a house in the heavens. And oh, by the way, this isn't a house made by human hands where, where rot and decay can come or where a natural disaster will come and just wreak havoc upon it. No, no, no. This house, this contrast, this house that is made, it is made by the very one who created you. It doesn't die. We look at our lives and we think we have such stability. We look at our lives and we think, especially when we're younger, we're invincible. We hear it, but it's always somebody else. And we know, okay, I'm not invincible, but there's part of us that doesn't really believe it. And we think we're bulletproof. And that's one of the great appeals of youth. But somewhere along the way, the reality sinks in. This body is temporary. It's not going to make it. It's going to break down. So for the first time, after you go and play softball when you're 35 and can't get out of bed as easily the next day because you've discovered parts of your body you forgot about, and then when you're 40, even more, and then by the time you're 60, you could spend all day watching Bob Barker reruns and Wheel of Fortune on TV land and then your game show network, whatever it is, and you get up the next day and you're like, mm, I feel like I ran a marathon. The body breaks down. And somewhere along the way, we understand it and we realize it. But whether it's fear, 
or anxiety, or just trouble, coming to terms with the fact that we're going to die. We don't live accordingly. It's uncomfortable to talk about for many people, and so we push it away. We don't want to think about putting together a will. We don't want to think about the process. It makes us uncomfortable. But the world around us, so much of what we go after and long for and work towards, so much of what we just strive for is a tent. And this is all right for a night or a two or a week or a two or a season. An adventurous summer. There's stability. But we miss it. Because we've convinced ourselves that this is home. That this is it. And for those of us who follow Jesus, we wouldn't say that. But we live that way. And the call for us is to realize that so much of what weighs us down, so much of what just blows our minds, so much of what depresses us and holds us back is temporary. This world is not our home, but we have replaced the idea of home with a tent and we've convinced ourselves that we're doing well. He goes on, for in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. And when we, when we look at this, it's like it's all that we have. When we look at this life before us, like it's all that we've got. We allow the hardships of this world to just knock us down more than they ever should. Because we've lost perspective. This world is just a tent. This is just a camping trip. But when we see this as home instead of a tent, we allow so many things to just destroy us that we honestly shouldn't give much more than a second thought to. But they cripple us. There will be hardships in this world, and there will be many. This isn't to say everything's going to be perfect and great, and you will never experience any difficulty, but just remember the difficulty you experience, the hardship of this world is temporary. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. 
We face difficulty, but we need to remember what really matters. We need to remember what really matters. That's our relationship with God. That's our relationship with one another. Why? Because every single one of us has this immaterial aspect of us that can't be seen, but is designed by God to live forever. Every single one of us. And so when we look at other people, we need to see beyond the tent that is their bodies. And this is where many of us are short-sighted. Because we forget that part. We forget the part that every single one of us has the immaterial aspect as well, that goes beyond this life, that has immense value and immense worth because it is created by God to live forever. This is why community matters. This is why we need to be invested and engaged in one another. This is why we need to be careful for what we long for. And the question is, what do we long for? Do we long for things that will outlive this tent? Or is this it? He who has prepared us for this very thing is God. Who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us a spirit as the guarantee. Here's the incredible thing that we saw when we started life, and now we've come full circle. It's that we don't have to experience the most anxious, agonizing thing that any person will go through alone. Death is not easy for anyone. Some put a braver face on it than others. The reality is, death is not easy for anyone. And the reason why is because it goes contrary to God's original plan. When humanity made the choice to rebel against God, they ushered in the consequences of that rebellion. The adversary comes, Jesus tells us in John 10, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But what's the message of Jesus? But I have come that you may experience life and life everlasting. The reason that death brings about so much anxiety, so much nervousness, so much uncertainty is because it goes contrary to God's original plan. God is the author of life. Our rebellion brought about our destruction. But every time we step away from God's original design, in any area of our life, there are consequences. 
And as is the case here with death, anytime we experience those consequences that take us apart from God's design, it leaves us with feeling of uncertainty. Because we were designed to have an intimate relationship with our Creator. But God did not leave us without hope. God did not leave us in a place where we would all be damned. He rescued us. And not only did He rescue us by by coming and taking on our form and uniting our form with His in the God-man that is Jesus who died on the cross and rose again three days later proving that the payment for our sins had been accepted by God. Not only do we have the hope of that, but God goes one step further. And for those of us who've made the decision to follow Jesus, He has given us His Spirit, which actually comes and resides within us, so that not just as we face death, but as we walk through life, as we encounter everything, we can walk through life with hope that we have the Spirit of God literally alive and working within us as a deposit. As a guarantee. The creator of this universe and the creator of us indwells us and is our guarantee. That we don't have to walk through life hopeless. And we don't have to have a crippling fear of what's to come. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Our now is a shell. Our now is a shell of who and what we've been created to be. Our now is all that we can see. And so it takes up so much of our focus and it commands so much of our effort. But it is merely a shell of who we really are. This isn't it. This is such a small piece of who we really are. And so when life happens and when the hardness of this world comes and it tries to steal our joy and it tries to destroy us and it makes us question everything and we we just wonder, where is everyone when I need them? Why would my life turn out this way? Why would I be given this diagnosis? Why would I have to endure these things when we experience all of that? We too can have courage. We do not have to go through life feeling distant and isolated and alone and without hope. No, no, no. We can be of good courage knowing that the best is yet to come. But this life is just a tent. It's just a shell. And our bodies are just a shell. 
of who and what we've been created to be. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And the question I want to ask is very simply this. Do we? Do we? This is great. It's a great verse. It brings so much hope. But it is so hard to live out. It's so hard to really latch on to this idea and really live it in the day to day. We live by faith, not by sight. But do we really? Is that really what our lives look like? Are we people who walk by faith? The thing about this is nobody else can answer this question. Because what looks like faith to other people for you may not be at all. The quietness of your heart right now, you know the answer. And only you know whether it's true for you. Do you walk by faith? Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Let me read that again. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. See, life's funny. And we know it's temporary. But because that's so uncertain for so many and because it's just so uncomfortable, because none of us have died before, we just push it off. Push it away. And yet there's something about all of us because we have this immaterial aspect to us that nudges us from time to time and reminds us. It was a few weeks ago. And the boys were in bed and Brooke was working on something. And so I watched a Netflix documentary on John Mellencamp, Indiana's favorite son. And in the middle of it, I heard this song. And I thought, let's hear it together.
seems like once more time ago That's where I was supposed to be My vision was true And my heart was too And there was no end To what I could dream Walk like a hero To the setting sun And everyone called out my name And death to me Was just a mystery I was too busy raising up king But nothing lasts forever And when your best efforts Just don't pay There'll come a day you get sick And you won't get better That's when life is short Even in its longest days So we pretend not to notice That everything about us has changed From the way that we look To the friends we once had So we keep on acting the same Deep down in your soul, you know You got no flame And who knows then which way to go Life is short Even in its longest days All I got here It's a rearview mirror Reflections of where we've been So we tell ourselves We'll be back up on top someday But you know there's nothing Waiting up there for you anyway Nothing lasts forever And when your best efforts just don't pay Sometimes you get sick and you won't get better That's when life is short Even in its longest days So friends, our lives are short, even in our longest days. One of my favorite quotes is by C.S. Lewis, and he wrote this, has this world been so kind that we should leave with any regret? 
There are better things ahead than any we leave behind. 2 Corinthians 5.2 says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Because life is short. And we'll give an account for what we did. And we all have regrets. And we've all made mistakes. And when we stand before God, for those of us at the time when our bodies decay and this tent is gone and the immaterial part that is part of all of us stands before God and we have to give an account, when God looks at those of us who've made the decision to follow Jesus, He doesn't see my mistakes. He doesn't see my regrets. He doesn't see the horrible decisions that I've made that have hurt others and myself. He looks at me and He sees the blood of Jesus on my behalf so that I can walk through life with hope and I can die knowing that not because of me but because of Jesus I will be reunited with my creator whole reason that I was created and I will be home in a home not made of human hands and no longer confined to the tent that is this body God I pray that you would help us remember that life is precious I pray that you would help us remember that each day is fleeting. I pray that when the hardships of this world come, you'd give us the perspective that we need. I pray for people right now, God, who have been given diagnosis recently who are nearing the end, that you would calm their uncertainty, that they would rest in the fact that if they made the decision to follow you, that your spirit is the guarantee. And God, I pray that if anyone's here today and they don't have a relationship with you, that today would be the day that they embrace the fact that you love them that you sent their that you sent your son to pay their price. And God as we're about to take communion, I pray that you'd help us all inspect our hearts. And if there's something we need to confess that we would confess it to you. And God that we would live for you. Help us number our days. In your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.